As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back? Ashley, thank you so, so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate you giving me an hour of your time. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we don't know each other. I came across you via TikTok because your TikTok account is so fucking cool. Um, So you're a photographer and you specialize in boudoir photography. Is that right? That's mainly what I lean towards. It's like boudoir and editorial is kind of like my go-to favorites. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. And how, we'll just start out by saying like, I'll start out with this. Is there a low point in your life that you're most proud of overcoming? And it can be something that's like ongoing too. Um, but truly anything, whether it's adolescence, adulthood now, just something that you're like, that really sucked. And I'm really proud of myself for overcoming that. Yeah. I would definitely say like last year was like Mm. the lowest point for me in my life, which is kind of crazy because my whole (laughs) kind of my whole life I've had like a very traumatic childhood like upcoming and been through a lot of different shit in my life so 2022 nothing like well a few big things happened but like nothing huge happened to where in my mind at the time it made sense but I'm like I'm so depressed like what is going on and then I you know we can get into it but I finally started coming out of it towards the end of the year and I was like oh yes I can like breathe again. <laughs> yeah. So this was like in like the beginning of 2022 or 2022 or 2021? Uh, 2022. It's, okay. uh, yeah, I, it started on Valentine's day of 2020 okay. Okay. and I got permission from my husband to talk about this, okay. um, but yeah. So Valentine's day, um, my husband attempted suicide last year and so that was kind of like the start of my also spiral um but yeah that was crazy that wasn't his first attempt since we've been together been together seven years Mm -hmm. um but it was like three or four years since he's like shared he's had issues or anything so I thought we were like you know you're never fully out of it but you know what I mean just like we found a way to like balance that I guess I don't know the right word but yeah, that happened. And at the time it happened over something like really silly, even though Mm. of course it was like bigger, but we got into like a little tiny argument, like a marriage argument over (laughs) something very small. And I was like, okay, like, let's just like take a minute because we had dinner reservations. So like you go for a drive or whatever. And I'm just going to like get over it. Mm -hmm. Um, like goes on a drive and I don't hear from him for six hours, which sent me like into like a full spiral because yeah. my like biggest anxiety is like car accidents, my car anxiety. So I'm like, is he like, what's going on? And I spent like six hours like calling him and texting and he's like always communicative. So I'm like, what is going on? And then I finally got a phone call like off his mom's phone and it was him. He's like, it wasn't about, you know, the you or the fight, but like I swallowed all my pills. I'm in the hospital. And I was like okay because that six hours I was like an emotional roller coaster I was like mad because I'm like where is he and then I was like where it was like a whole thing six hours Um, is a lot a long time it was a long time yeah Yeah. and I'm sure it felt like like, even longer than that yeah and I was like he never not answers the phone and I for some reason at that time like that wasn't even in my mind like that could happen Mm -hmm. um so I was like you're okay he's like yeah I'm okay I'm like okay I think I need you to stay at your parents tonight because I like also need to process what the hell is going on Mm -hmm. um and we spent like three days apart and that's when I really sat with myself which I never do and I was like okay I obviously want to be there for him and like take care of him but that moment made me realize I'm like I have always taking care of people my entire life like I never invest in myself Mm. I kind of take on like the mother caregiving role and Mm -hmm. he never asked that no one ever asked that of me but I'm just like I'm gonna put 
my feelings into other people so I don't have to focus on myself kind of thing. Mm. So I had that realization during that moment. I was like, okay, holy shit. Like I am not in a good place either. And I don't want to project that onto him. And like, I want to tell him and not make him, it was like a whole thing. So I spent three days like realizing like I need to take care of myself and like set new boundaries and like take care of like my own mental health too, like all of that. So uh, we ended up going into like couples therapy, which was great. And now we're great now, but we also both got into like individual therapy again. Um, But that was like kind of the start of like my own personal spiral, which I've never fully had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I hit the lowest point. I think it was like June where I like told Tim, my husband, I was like, I need help like now or it's not going to be good so that was kind of like the start to it you hit on like so many like (laughs) no like so many points that like I'm so interested in talking about and we talk like I've talked about some of these things like routinely on this podcast like um taking care of yourself first and boundaries and asking for help and all of those things are so incredible that you were able to do like that's not easy for most people you know what I mean yeah and it wasn't easy like I'm still working on it and it took me like a long time but I honestly the hardest part was like realizing I was like okay like I need to do this for myself or it's not gonna get better yeah where it's you said that you normally take on like the caretaker role is like where do you think that like comes from like have you been like that your entire life or is there like a moment you can think of or what like kind of formed you into being like the person who takes on that role? Um, well, I, I always blamed on being a Virgo. I was like, it's just cause mm. I'm a Virgo. Sure. <laughs> therapy. Um, yeah, it definitely stems from like childhood. I pretty much raised myself. Like my parents weren't really in my life. They're like in and out of prison doing all that. Um, and I was raised by like my great grandma and then her daughter, my grandma, mm-hmm. and they were amazing, but they, we weren't very like an emotional people or like mm. anything happened. My great grandma was like, we're going to pray it away. And I'm not religious, but, and then my other, her daughter, my grandma was very much like, we're just going to sweep it under the rug. So I never like learned how to process like all these things happening. So, I'm, but I did know I'm like, oh, like my grandma's upset about my mom getting arrested. Like, let me check on her. And I I just felt like raising myself. I also had to raise everyone else around me Mm, and like take care of everyone else because I was never taught or like even really asked, like, am I okay? Or like, what's going on? So yeah. Are you an only child? Um, I grew up an only child when my parents split. My dad has three other daughters and then my mom had a son when I was 19. So we're he's eight now. Okay. So what, but you grew up like an only child essentially, right? Okay. And what, where did you grow up? Like what part of the country? Uh, I'm in Oregon. So like Eugene area. I don't know if you know that, but. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I'm just, I was thinking because a lot of people who I talk to you, um, about mm, sweeping things under the rug, there's usually like a geographical component to it, at least in like what I've the people that I've interviewed and it like typically is like a Midwestern sort of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like interested if that was it, but I guess it's universal. It's not just regional. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and you also like, we can get, we don't have to get at, at this per Like if I ask a question and you're like, I don't want to talk about that. Like totally fine. I'm fine. If okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm great, but like, I don't want to put any undue pressure on oh, you. Um, so what was it like growing up? Cause you said your parents were both in prison. Is that like for a lo- for a short ta- amount of time, a long amount of time? Um, pretty much my whole childhood. Um, my mom finally got her shit together when she had my brother, my dad, I don't talk to anymore, but, um, sorry, did you ask me what it was like growing yeah, up? Yeah. Just like, just like how, how, uh, long were they in prison? How did that affect you as a person? I know like led to like some caretaking, um, attributes, but I'm just curious about how else that played into your life growing up. Yeah, I know. I mean, it affected pretty much all of me. Right. Um, it's, it was weird because that's all I knew from like mm. my first memories. It's really was just like, oh, the cops are here again. Like there is a point where the cops 
knew me and would like bring me little sheriff stickers or I would like walk out I would like wake up to get ready for school and there was like a man hiding in the laundry room because the cops are looking for him he's like shushing me and I'm like okay like going to make cereal like it was just like so normal mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's all I knew yeah um, but yeah they were both my mom's been to prison once which was like probably a year and a half and then my dad a couple times but they were both just addicted to drugs and crime so in and out god I think my for my mom like till I was like 18 mm-hmm. my dad I'm not sure I yeah. think using drugs but yeah. yeah, it's so it's so crazy how w- when we grow up in a certain environment and that's like all we know, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem maybe it seemed weird to you. But like for in my trauma and the stuff that I went through growing up and everybody was like, well, wasn't that like weird for you? And I'm like, mm, it's all I knew. So, no, it's not until like now that I'm an adult and I see how like other people grew up that I'm like, oh, OK, so my situation like wasn't normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what's your relationship with? Um, I kind of want to talk about cops for a second because it sounds like because I'm wearing I'm wearing my A cab sweater and you like yes. you commented on it that you like it and I'm like yeah hell yeah yeah what I have was tattooed on me so oh <laughs> fuck yeah yeah uh, uh, how did that what's your relationship with that because you said that they were like at your house a lot and now that I know that you have a tattoo of it like how did that play out yeah um I definitely growing up as a kid I kind of saw cops as like helpful um because that's again that's like really all I knew I didn't know much about police brutality or you know obviously the racial issues like all of that um and so yeah I was comfortable I guess around them because they're around all the time and um I think it was until like 2020, like, I think when I was hitting my twenties, I was like, "Mm, you know, cops need to do way better. Like there's a lot of, you know, terrible things that they do and all of that. And then 2020 hit and I like educated myself and saw things like out protesting and my little brother's half black. So I had that worry. And then I was I just educated myself and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, no, like cops are not here to serve and protect only. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> how did, when did you start, um, kind of realizing or like going to therapy and sort of prioritizing your own mental health? Yeah. I have been in and out of therapy since I was like 12. Um, and then they didn't really stick till I was like, 18 when my great grandma passed who raised me so I was like I need to deal with this um and I saw the same therapist for like four years and I loved her and then she ended up quitting to like be a mom so I was super bummed I'm like I got broken up with I don't want to do this again like totally it's so hard to even find a therapist you like drive with and then when they leave or whatever you're like fuck I have to do that all over again yep yeah and that was like like six months before COVID and then COVID hit and then obviously I didn't have therapy so I got back in after the Valentine's Day incident I was like I need to check myself back into therapy yeah that's it's it's a lot when did you when did you meet your husband um we met oh my gosh like nine years ago I think he actually was like wanting to model for me just to like hang out or whatever so we were <laughs> friends for like a couple years and then we're finally like okay let's do the thing so yeah yeah that's I mean I think it's so cool that you guys were like hey we need to get into couples therapy because like I I'm divorced but like when I wasn't couples therapy is so helpful and also like as a supplement to like individual therapy like not in place of it you know yeah, hundred percent. It was definitely helpful. And it was like, we finally hit a point because his depression, anxiety is like chemical imbalance based and mine's trauma based. So it's like two different mm. worlds, of like how we deal with it and like our triggers and all of that. So it was really helpful to like have someone in the middle and be like, okay, like you're triggered by this, you're triggered by this. Like, this is how we can communicate while both of you are still getting what you need out of it without 
you know, discrediting the other person's triggers or needs or whatever. Yeah. What type of therapy have you found works best for like a trauma-based um, anxiety and depression and, and that sort of thing? Honestly, I talk therapy. Um, I've also done some like, I think it's called EMT, mm-hmm. which has been helpful. Um, but yeah, my therapist I have now, I really, really like, cause she, I've never been pushed as hard as like in the past. And I need that. Cause I'm, I kind of just like brush it over. I'm like, yeah, what happened, you know, when my childhood was fine. And she's like, it's not fine. Like let's dig deeper. And mm-hmm. so it makes me like open up all the stuff I've had bottled up for so long, which sucks at the moment, but it's definitely healing. Yeah. Like what gave you the sort of, I don't know if courage is the right word, but like, I'm just going to use it because I can't think of another word right now to like actively start working on yourself mm-hmm. and not put other people before you. Cause like I was so in awe of everything that you like started out this conversation with, because there's so many things in there that like I really am working on and need to work on. And that I talk to so many people and they also need to work on. And I'm just yeah. curious how you like took like the first step or what made you want to do that. Yeah. Um, that definitely, that, sorry, that's, that's fine. definitely, um, like kind of an eye opener mm, okay. and I'm very like, I can fix myself kind of personality. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm survival mode all the time. So I'm like, I got this, like, it's fine. Um, and I've never been one that like my depression, like puts me in bed for days or I'm just not really that way. I'm just like, I push through it. Cause I always have, um, but yeah, that spring, I was like noticing little changes. I was like, I'm not able to really focus. I'm like taking more breaks because I work for myself. So I'm just like not really in the same flow I used to be. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like sadder. Like it hasn't gone away. Like normally I'm just like bummed out for a few days. Um, and then around May, I was noticing like I wouldn't get off the couch till like 4 p.m. Like I would just like edit in a spot mm-hmm. and Tim would come home and be like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, you know, whatever. It didn't really like, I didn't really notice it for a few months, but I'm like, oh, this is not who I am. Like, I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to get off the couch. Like what is going on? And then that's when like the panic attack started. Mm. Which I wasn't really used to, like, I probably had like a couple a year, you know, but mm-hmm. this was like a few a week. And it was draining, like over things that like frustrated me because I'm like, why am I having a panic attack over this? Like, this is so strange. And so then I think, uh, yeah, around June is when I like had this like scary moment, but it was like 1 a.m. And for that couple of weeks, I wasn't able to sleep either. I was like, I'm not sleeping. I'm not focusing. And so I got up and I was like, I'm going to take a shower because I like need to shake off this anxiety and I just had this urge to like hit my head into like the glass like I just wanted my head to stop so bad Mm. and it's never been that strong before like my thought of hurting myself like I never Mm -hmm. self-harm like I've never done anything like that Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay this is like not shaking off and it was like 20 minutes in like a cold shower I was like why so I was like pacing the kitchen at like 1 30 a.m and then I was like, okay, I need to ask Tim for help, which I was like, that was the whole point of this year. Like, Ashley, if you need it, ask. So I woke him up and I just like, got, I don't know, like a trauma response. I was just like shaking and panicking. I was like, I need help like now. Cause I'm not good. He's like, okay, like we're going to start calling a psychiatrist. Cause I've never been on medication either mm-hmm. or diagnosed with anything. Cause I, for a long time, I was like, I don't need medication. Like I can push through. Like I kind of, for a long time, like growing up, I thought medication like wasn't needed, which I was so wrong and like so ignorant about, but I was like, I think I need to be on medication. I like, I need to get checked out. Um, so it took a couple months to find a psychiatrist because our healthcare is trash. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. I finally found one and I ended up getting diagnosed with PTSD, which I had no idea like that didn't even cross my mind because I was like PTSD like I thought that's just like army vets or like right worst traumatic traumatic I was like I have it like what um 
and it made sense after like my psychiatrist explained it she's like you're at the age like 27 which it's like your body has been in like fight or fight mode since you were a child because most of the traumatic things happen like under the age of like seven so she's like your body has been just like pumping serotonin or anything to keep you from not falling off mm-hmm. and your body's finally done like you've done it for so long and now your mind and your body's like breaking down because they can't like help you anymore from these like post-traumatic traumas mm-hmm. and so I was like okay holy shit like here we go so I got on medication and started um doing like CrossFit with a trainer, which has been really nice. And just, I'm like, okay, like I have a diagnosis. I'm now on medication. I'm going to like start taking baby steps to feel better and Mm. helps so much. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you like sharing all of that because it's so important to like normalize these down moments because sometimes when we're in it, I mean, most times when we're in it, at least speaking for myself like I'm like no one else feels this way this is gonna I'm gonna feel like this forever this is never gonna end and and I feel like very alone in those moments and I just don't feel like we talk enough about like the the spiral bottom moments of our life yeah honestly and and same with like medication too like I'm on I'm on medication I've been on and off meds since I was like 18 and I finally like found one that really works for me and I've been on it because you know I don't know if you've had this experience yet but as I'm an earth sign as well you're an earth sign right yeah yeah uh all I will be on medication for a little bit and I'll be like oh great I'm fine I don't need it anymore type of thing yeah and um since getting older and being like no like this isn't this I need to be on this it's not like if you had like I don't know, medicine for your heart or like your blood pressure. You don't like go on it for a little bit and go like, okay, I don't need it anymore. It's like, no, it's like your body needs it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like we don't talk a lot about um, how life-saving medication can be. Mental health medication. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish we did because I feel like I would have had a whole different view on it like years ago than I, you know, than I did. Yeah. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit. When did you realized you wanted to be a photographer yeah that I was like sophomore year in high school I think I just got you know it was like MySpace era yeah um, <laughs> oh yeah baby uh, sorry if her squeak she now is a squeaker I can take that I'm so sorry I can't hear it yet yeah okay Mm-mm. okay sorry <laughs> oh wait I just heard it but like I think it's okay okay let me know and I can take mm-hmm. it from her mm-hmm. <laughs> She's uh, like, you took one thing away, and now you're going to take another thing. <laughs> bones, and now you're going to take my shot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it was like sophomore in high school, and I just got, you know, like the little digital camera. And I just started taking like random pictures in my yard, and people were like, oh, these are really good. And so I was like, oh, I'm good at something. Cool. Like, I'm going to keep doing it. And at my best friend, um, I was like, oh, I have this weird idea. Like, can you model for me? And she hated it. But I was like, I'll buy you brownies or something. Like, please. She's like, yes. So I just started doing like random shoots in my backyard and then started doing like friends, senior photos and stuff in high school. And I went to the Academy of Art University for a little bit in San Francisco. And amazing. I'm here. Yeah. That's amazing. When did you, have you always been like, full-time photographer like this is how I make my money like straight out of high school or was there a period of time where you were like you had other jobs because that's also something we talk a lot about on this podcast because I interview a lot of people in the arts and a lot of us have to always have second second third jobs or there was a time when we did I've talked to like people who had like uh jobs in like MLM the like multi-level marketing And 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 it's just like people have had all sorts of jobs so I'm just curious about like when you made that like switch or how, how financially that, that worked for you. Yeah. I, um, made the switch actually in 2022. It was like two weeks before Valentine's Day where I was like, I'm going to go full time. Um, but I worked coffee for like six years. So I did like barista and then photography. Cause yeah, it's scary to go full time for sure. And I, I don't shoot weddings in the town. Like the town I'm in is very wedding photographer orientated, like orientated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I was so stressed because I'm like, I don't like shooting weddings. I don't really like shooting seniors anymore. Like, am I going to make any money in this town doing right. this? Um, and I was just working like 70 hours a week, like with photography and coffee. And I was just like miserable. So I was finally like, okay, we're going to see if it works and I'll take it seriously. And if I have to and go get another job, but yeah, I just made the jump. Yeah. So you just were like, I... I can't, I'm burnt out and like there's enough interest in my photography where I can like at least try to do this. Is that like how it worked? Yeah. And I'm also like in a luckier spot being married with like two incomes. Right. As terrifying as it would have been like 18 or something. Um, But yeah, I was doing photography and then I started dipping into like social media marketing as well. So I had a couple clients um, also like when I went full time. So I'm like, okay, I have like income coming from social media marketing and photography so I'll be fine and Mm. have you ever had like a low point with career stuff ever where you're like I don't know if I can I don't know if I can do this anymore I don't know if I can make money doing this yeah definitely have had (laughs) yeah most artists most artists do yeah uh I did and I last year was one of them too I was just like in the lowest part before I got diagnosed, I was like, I don't know if I I can nor want to do this anymore. And Mm -hmm. my husband was like, you don't mean that like the whole time I've known you, this is like your number one passion. You never worked harder for anything else. Like you can have this moment and sit in it, but that's not true. Like you're not going to quit. And I was like, okay, we'll see. But I definitely got out of it. It just, yeah, I don't know. It just hits at random times. I feel like. Yeah. What do you love about photography? I just love others so much. I I know. And I honestly, I love like helping people, especially women see themselves as art, like no matter your size um, or, you know, what you look like, who you are, like you are art, you're as you are now, like you don't need to lose weight. You don't need to get Botox beforehand. Like just learn to love yourself and getting like the messages back from people being like, Oh my God, like, thank you. I've never seen myself like that. Like I love my tummy now or whatever it is. Like that's such a cool feeling. And I don't know. I just love helping others being like, no, you're hot as fuck. Like let's capture that. And like, let's make, you know, whatever you want to do, we can go lay in flowers. We can do something like whatever, like let's show yourself. And yeah, I love that because like, it's a lot to unlearn what society has taught us about what is quote unquote beautiful or, um, or art or whatever you want to call it, you know? Um, what's your, how does that look when someone, when you're helping someone to be comfortable in their own skin? Like Mm -hmm. how, what is that process like? Like how do you encourage them and how do you like help them? Is it like before you arrive on set? Is it like, wow like before you shoot like during after like you tell me yeah it's definitely like before I don't put like time um frame on my boudoir like I don't want anyone to feel like rushed or oh I love that 90% of the time they're gonna be nervous and like scared and awkward and it's a very vulnerable time especially for boudoir like you're about to be half naked or naked in front of a stranger like I get it um and so I always ask my clients I'm like tell me one part of you that you love and you want to be like a main focus in these photos. And then if you have a part of you, they're like, I'm not so sure about, or like insecure, like insecure about, let me know. Cause then I, I don't have to make that like the main focus. Like I could look at your thighs and be like, Oh, I love that shot, but they could have issues with their thighs. So it just kind of helps me mentally know. And then I just let them know. I'm like, we can stop and shake it off whenever you're nervous. Like we can just take a moment you can tell me no to any pose. Like if you're like, that's too much for me, totally fine. Like I just want them to feel comfortable and safe and they don't have to do anything they don't want to do. We can go as, you know, they can be in a full t-shirt and pants and still make a boudoir completely naked. It's really whatever they're feeling. So I just try to make it as like comfortable as possible and safe. And we just play music and they can drink beforehand if they want to drink or take breaks, just Make it like an experience, a positive experience for them. Yeah. I love that because that like really can change someone's life. Having having an intimate um, couple hours or whatever where someone is like encouraging them and telling them how beautiful they are, you know, like that we don't always hear that. Yeah, we don't at all. And so. Yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to say it's nice to be able to help do that for others. What's like your personal journey with like beauty and in art and not you because I feel like as women Mm -hmm. we have such pressure on us you know to 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 look a certain way to act a certain way to be a certain way and I feel like maybe this boils over into being like an earth sign too I don't know if you're like direct like I am about things and then there people are like oh you're a bitch and it's like no I'm I'm just direct you know so like what's your what's been your experience with like being a woman in society and like the societal norms yeah, it was hard. I mean, I have been like plus size my entire life. Um, and so like growing up, I mean, growing up fat, fat doesn't like hurt my feelings or anything anymore. So I just refer to myself as that. But like growing up fat was hard in the sense, obviously, of like, you know, not being able to like fit into clothes because I didn't have the like accessibility now. That's just so great that more brands carry like plus size options and extended sizes like but back in the early 2000s that was not really an option Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that yeah fuck the early 2000s it was like low like the lowest low rise jeans like that you're like fucking vaginas out and everything yeah I'm like wearing long tank tops to cover my yeah totally (laughs) totally relate to that um so that definitely affected my confidence uh through school and then Actually, when I was 16, I had like a cancer scare, like ovarian cancer scare, and I had to lose weight for it. Um, and so my grandma put me on Jenny Craig, which terrible. But um, I don't even know what that like. I know the name, but what is that like? Um, it's a food. Like, okay. Frozen meals. But okay. Expensive. It was not good. Um, okay. But yeah, they're like, if you're not eating the meals, you're only allowed to eat anything that's under 30 calories and like what in the world is what the fuck is yeah I'm like a grape like what am I truly like a single a single piece of celery yeah um and I I my grandma's great for trying to help like she was like 80 years old so she was trying but I ended up losing like 100 pounds through genetic yeah not in a healthy way yeah I I keep on a 1200 calorie uh the fish like that's what my max was holy shit um so I became like addicted to like working out and Ugh. remember like god uh remember the chubby bunny like viral thing where you'd like eat the peeps and you had to say like chubby bunny oh yes uh-huh yep. yeah I remember doing that challenge and afterwards I freaked out like I didn't even eat any of them but like I was like I have sugar in my mouth and I drank a gallon of water within like 24 hours so I was trying to wash it out I was like not in a good mindset Mm -hmm. with that um but yeah so I like started losing weight and then I was like oh people like want to talk to me more now and like you know all of that yep um and then I went off to college and then I didn't know how to feed myself like a normal person because I had my frozen meals for me for so long and so I was like what do I do I don't know how to eat and Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever and then um I got into a relationship that I'm in now and I was like you know comfortable and I gained some weight back and I ended up gaining like almost all of the weight back um and then I realized I had binge eating disorder which I never put two and two together and um when I realized I gained the weight back I went I started um purging which is a whole Mm -hmm. other story but it definitely growing up in like Jenny Craig and like these diets never taught me a good relationship with food nor not talking about emotions because I was like an emotional eater so I was like oh food makes me happy and comfortable so that's like where I'm at um and so like the past like couple years I've learned to love the body that I'm in I'm like I'm like okay like I need to stop looking at myself as like ew like you're like a fat piece of shit essentially Mm -hmm. like no your body has got you through so much in your life like it has helped you heal in a way you didn't know how to at the time like you need to love yourself now and also take care of yourself and that's when I was like okay like I need to learn how to properly like nourish myself so I got like a nutritionist and like learned how like what I should be having and like you know proper balance and calories and then I started doing like personal training and I am like the strongest I've ever been in my entire life and I'm like hitting new PRs and it kind of helped me like reprogram my brain and being like, 
okay, fat necessarily doesn't mean unhealthy mm-hmm. at all. Like I just got all blood blood work done. I'm like completely healthy. And it's just, I wish that stigma would disappear or people would do more research and not, yeah, all of that. But yep. I'm definitely in like a much better place now of like accepting my body and also just wanting to take care of it. And weight loss is definitely like, great. If it happens, it happens, but it's not my main concern. I'm just like, I just want to be strong. I want to put food in my body that feels good, but I also want to enjoy a cookie when I want to enjoy a cookie. So it was like 26 years of like, what the fuck am I doing? Isn't it wild when we get into the mindset where we move our bodies in like a pleasurable way because it feels good and it's good for our mental health and it makes us feel strong and not to lose weight. Isn't that crazy? It took me for like truly like, like you said, like 27 years to, to be like, Oh no, I like this because it's helping my mental health. And because like it feels good in my body not to see a certain result. And that's when I feel my strongest too. Yeah, exactly. And making that switch has been like life changing. And like, I love working out now and I love moving my body and just not having that like cloud hovered you all the time being like, are you sure you want to eat this Mm -hmm. extra 20 minutes? Like, just be like, no, listen to your body and listen to what you need and it'll all be fine. Mm -hmm. I feel like growing up when like we grew up, it was so like everything was like fat free or like, do you remember that? Or like diet this or like, yeah, slim fast. Yes. Yeah. All that fucking shit, which is like, it just, it blows my mind how like any of us in our generation are remotely normal given like everything, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's so wild. And like, I relate to that so much where, when you get positive reinforcement at your like thinnest for me, it was like my most unhealthy I've ever been. And people are like, yeah. oh, you look so good. And then you're like, oh, I guess I have to keep doing this unhealthy thing because I'm getting like positive reinforcement for it. So like, it must be good, you know? Yeah, exactly. What were you doing? Like for like, for me before I like love Pilates. It sounds like you love CrossFit. I think is what you said. Yeah. Before Pilates, I would do like the, go to like the regular gym or whatever, and I would hate it. And I'd be like, but I have to do it because like I have to be thin or healthy or whatever. Mm-hmm. How did you like find CrossFit? Because I feel like a lot of people even now go to the regular gym and hate it, but they're like, I have to do it. And I'm always like, no, you got to just like find something that you like to find, find a way to move your body that you like to do did yeah. you before you did CrossFit did you like try anything else and like hate it or did you go straight to CrossFit yeah no I definitely um I did the gym that's like when I first lost the 100 pounds I was like in the gym all the time but I did not enjoy it, it just yeah I had to do it um and that stuck around for a while but then it, of course it'd be like a couple months at the gym like a month off or you know whatever I just didn't like it and it was I didn't know how to properly lift or really do anything before I got a trainer. Um, so yeah, it definitely felt more like, uh, okay, I like have to go to the gym. Um, but my friend Clea, who is my CrossFit coach, she started, um, her own like gym in her garage. And I was like one of her first clients and our personalities just clicked and it's like one-on-one, which is great. And it's like, learning how to like properly tuck your abs so like Mm -hmm. it's like all these little things I'm like oh this is game changing and it's nice and the workouts are quick they're hit workouts I'm like cool like 20 minutes after lifting and I can leave like yeah yeah for me and yeah Yeah. I just like feeling strong that's what I got addicted to I'm like okay my deadlift was this I need to beat it this time like Mm -hmm. those weights so that's what kept me going yeah I feel like I'm stronger than like a, like a lot of like honestly dudes that I know I'm like no I could kick your fucking ass like you know yeah. like and every I like time, that oh sorry <laughs> no go ahead I was gonna say every time like a little boy on TikTok calls me fat or something I'm like let's go lift let's see who can outlift each other mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. totally I just mm-hmm. wish like we talked more about like finding 
a practice where we move our bodies in a pleasurable way rather than going to the gym to get a certain look or aesthetic or whatever. I just feel like if I was taught that early on in life, my relationship with my body would have been completely different, you know? Yeah, 100%. And just to move your body to feel good, not mm-hmm. to be like, fit into these jeans. Yep. Like- or like for Pilates, a lot of it's focused on like your spine health and your spine like mobility and flexibility. And it's like yeah. shit that we don't even – you, I never heard that when I went to the gym about like mobilizing your spine was never something that was talked to me about, you know? Yeah, very true. Um, I love, now that you mentioned TikTok, I love your TikToks. They're so rad. I mean, it's just, you're such an, a talented artist. Um, what has been your relationship with social media and TikTok? Because for me, I really struggle with it to the point where I have to get like I recently got a social media person to like help me with it because I just am so it's not really something that I have found interest in, you know, and if like earth signs, if we don't want to do something, we're not going to do it because we're stubborn as fuck. Um, What has been your relationship with social media? It's definitely I have the moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be on this, Um, but I love it in the marketing sense. Um, And I'm definitely like team TikTok when it comes to like a business or you're trying to you know, be an artist or something because mm-hmm. utilize it, it can honestly change your life and it can help you grow. Um, but yeah, I definitely did not take TikTok seriously until like probably six months ago. And then, cause I was like a social media marketer for other people. So I was like helping these other clients go like viral videos and um, grow their business, which was awesome. And then I was like, okay, I should do that for myself a little bit. Uh, but I have always heard like you have to have a niche or you're not going to grow on these platforms like you have to have like one thing and that's what you talk about and I hate that like I like fashion I like you know photography I like the weird games or whatever on TikTok sometimes and then I was like no I'm not going to like stick to a niche I'm just going to like post constantly and like be myself and see what happens and end up working um but yeah I definitely I don't know I enjoy social media and I think it's whenever I'm in the, like, oh my God, I hate that I have to do this. I'm like, Ashley, if you were a photographer, even like 50 years ago, you'd have to be out hanging up flyers, trying to mm. get your to get your stuff noticed, add in the papers. And now you have these free platforms that can help you grow your business, like within your fingertips, like stop complaining and just mm. post a 10 second TikTok. And I'm like, fine. Like the little dialogue with myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like stopped thinking of it as a personal thing at this point because forever that's what stopped me from like utilizing it because I was like oh man I can't I I can't be like myself or I don't feel authentic doing this but then as soon as I was like no this is actually like a business tool at this point you know that it's like oh okay what's like been one of your biggest challenges with TikTok or social media in general yeah um biggest challenges I guess mentally is like having good views and then not having good views. Mm. And like that is mentally hard sometimes, like seeing others and like not comparing, like, why isn't mine, you know, like blowing up or whatever. Um, and then also like the hate I got, like September is when I got called out by that Pearl girl. I don't know if you know. Mm, I don't think I know. That like hates women. Oh, no, I know who that is, but I don't think, I don't remember this happening, but maybe I did see it, but refresh my memory. Um, I know who that is. She sucks, but yeah, she made a video being like anyone weighing over 300 pounds is like not attractive or something like that. So I like duetted it with pictures of me and then some of her being like, I'm sorry, I'm hotter than you. Like you can't tear down women all the time and say that, you know, 300 pound people aren't attractive or worth being loved or no, that's not okay to say. And then she ended up duetting my video because it was a trend to call out that clip and she picked mine. And I like woke up to DMs on Instagram being like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying oh, to. Oh, fuck. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I get on TikTok and just thousands of like men calling me fat. You're a whale. She's so much hotter than you. Like, go work out. And I was just like, I haven't experienced this yet. Like, holy fuck. Um, and then like these boys duetting me. And like mansplaining working out and diets and like oh my god care of my body and that I'm not worth loved because I'm showing I'm not loving myself. I'm like, I'm still getting laid every night and I've been married. So like 
I'm better than you. Yes. Oh my God. I, that was like hard for me. Uh, That's like hard. That is so hard. That's a double-edged sword of like fucking any sort of like fame or popularity or whatever you want to call it. Is that like, yeah, you get the views and stuff, but also people are insane and and they can be awful you know yeah like they were sending me voice messages on instagram like no. oh guy like you fat piece of shit and <gasps> like, what is like what is going on so i ended up making a response to that and i was just it's still up if you want to go watch it but i was just like you are just a bully and i hope you mm-hmm. grow up okay like you or whoever else comments not going to take my worth down or anything like that but like being a bully is not attractive and I hope you can grow out of like hating women and people in general like get over yourself mm-hmm. but no that was probably the hardest moment being on a platform I was like I don't want to do this anymore like that yeah. was not fun yeah how did that affect you like moving on moving forward rather with with social media I'm I'm glad it happened to me where I am now like even a year ago if that happened I probably would have like deleted all my socials and been like oh my god I know I feel like I I get like very few because I don't know one watches my shit and when that happens I'm still like it still shakes me you know yeah yeah it did and I've I've like I mentioned I've got rid of like the negativity with the word fat but when like thousands of boys are saying that purposely trying to like hurt me it, it does a little bit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, I had therapy the day it happened, so I got to talk it out. <laughs> Great. But I think I felt it for, like, two days, and then I was like, whatever. Like, 90% of these profiles is just, like, they don't even have a profile picture. Exactly. Like, they're just insecure little boys. And so, whatever, yep. I'm doing better than them. They don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So. That's the thing about, like, any sort of critique – whether it's on social media or a critique of like your art or, or anything, it's like, you have to like consider the source. And that's like, that's the thing that like has really helped me in those moments. And it always is someone with no profile picture. They have no videos. And it's like, if you're not putting yourself out there and being vulnerable in any sort of way, I don't give a fuck what you have to say. Cause you don't know how hard this is, or you don't know what it takes to do this, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh man. That's fucking wild. Yeah, that was a rough little patch, but we got through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I I know we're coming up on an hour. I don't want to take more of your time, but I'm curious about like if you could give a piece of advice to someone in a low point right now, mm-hmm. whether it's a mental health low point or um getting fucking online bullied or whatever what piece of advice would you give them or what would have helped you in those moments? Do you think just to be gentle with yourself through whatever you're going through and give yourself grace and just really pay attention to what you're feeling. Even if it's like, you know, a bad feeling, not of course, if it's like suicidal or something like that, but like, if you're feeling low, be like, okay, I'm feeling low. That's okay. Like it will pass. Um, maybe I can do something you know, I'm a big journaler and I like doing mm. like tarot and stuff like that's my centering. So I'm like, let's journal it out. Like it's not going to fix the issue, but it's a good step in the right direction. So really just having like patience or patience and grace with yourself and like, it's okay to not be okay. Like we will get mm. through it. Yeah. And those like low moments that, or maybe they're not super low, but like the, the moments in your life where you're not feeling well mentally, um, you go to journaling. Is there anything else like like a practical thing that you're like, oh, if you're, if you're feeling bad, I do this. And it like helps me snap out of it. Is, is it journaling or is there anything else that you can think of? I do like a whole nightly routine now where I take like at least 20 minutes without my phone. But, um, since November, I've been really into like tarot and like that spiritual side and like, you know, witchier stuff like that. And that's honestly helped me heal in a lot of ways so I think finding something that just disconnects you and helps you feel what you need to feel and take the time to really sit with yourself is needed and I've learned that and that's like journaling and doing a poll and even I'll make like little self-protection spell jars or just anything that will give me like a little bit of calm um Mm. so I do that like every night Mm. which has been so nice I love that I also feel like there's 
benefits in having like that as a routine, like having a routine in general, which is I think really hard for artists and entrepreneurs when we like make our own schedule to ever like do something that is a routine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I had an acting teacher tell me once, like, you're kidding yourself if you if you think you can be an actor without a therapist and or a consistent spiritual practice. And I think like you can replace the word actor with artist, you know, and I feel like that's so true. Therapy and or a consistent spiritual practice, which sounds like is tarot for you or like sitting and like journaling for you. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's been life changing. And then one last question is like, what is something that you're working on right now for your mental health? Like something in yes. real time. Um, sorry, I have to think for a second. Like I know I there know. might be a lot no, or yeah. there might be none. Yes. Um, I think still like grace with myself is yeah. a big one. And um, recognizing my triggers, especially mm. the diagnosis of PTSD, a lot of things I'm like, like I'll talk in therapy, like door slamming. I'm like, that just like shocks me and I get mad and I don't want to. And she's like, that's a trigger. So I'm really just like learning what my triggers are. And then I'll like journal it out and be like, can I trace back to why this is why I'm feeling and learning to like, okay, here door slam, like take three seconds and be like, are you actually upset or is this a trigger? It's a trigger. You're safe. You're sound. So that is like a big thing I'm working on right now. Yeah. For me, it's like any sort of even, and this is like so common, it's hard to even avoid it. It's just like yelling in general, even if it's like a neighbor that I hear or whatever, it like sends me off. So it's like, yeah, knowing your triggers and like sitting with yourself, man, it sounds like honestly, sounds like you have like all your shit together. And I'm like, I've learned so much from this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely don't have it fully together, but I'm definitely like, I feel like a new person after this last year was the worst, but also really needed and healing at the same time. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time. I, it was, of course, it was such a joy to be able to talk with you. And, um, I'm so looking forward to seeing all of the photography and art and everything that you put on social media because it is so good and I can't wait for everybody listening to go check it out too so thank you yeah thank you so much thanks for listening to this episode of how the fuck did you bounce back with guest Ashley Finnison she is a photographer she's a content creator her company is called third eye lens and you can find her on all the socials her handle is third eye lens thanks again for listening new episodes every Thursday (laughs) 